Lakeshore Parks is our Eagles reporter, Go Birds Radio, Go Birds podcast. And he joins us right now on a um, on an emotional day on WIP, the last Marks and Reese show uh, that had Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie leading into us. And actually, like, Elliot is the first guest on our last show with John and Joe not working middays. So, okay. So this should be emotional for Elliot. Hi, Elliot. Yeah, it's, a, it's another great title to add to my <laughs> list of accomplishments. But, uh, no, it's, a, it's an exciting one. day for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I got to tell you, I, I, you know, I heard you on the midday show, you know, and you gave a testimony to the midday show. And quite frankly, it was almost like you were um, trying to lobby for your spot on the, on, on the morning show. Oh. <laughs> well, I think there's been about 15 spots filled for that, and I didn't get any of them. So at this point, it feels like, uh, you Ooh, know, boy. Probably, well, no, probably I th- <laughs> no, I thought I heard you on the 745 in the morning. Oh, yeah, Tuesdays at 745. Oh, yeah. so now yeah, it's, oh, yeah, yeah Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. But there's well, no big reveal. Well, yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah, the, yeah. He, he's not being featured. Like, we feature him on Tuesdays, Tuesdays. Of course. Without, right? He's being featured on our show. Yes. And, and to your point, Elliot may be lobbying to get a two-hour <laughs> spot on one of the days or yeah, yeah. something like that. And I will, I will say this, actually. You know, with all, like, the stuff happening with Angelo and Jillio and all that, I feel like all these other shows, whenever any guest calls in, they're, they're complimenting the show and all that. I feel like you guys deserve to get a little, you know, compliment. You, you guys are doing a great job. I know you're not moving. But, you know, anyway, I call in Angelo. I can see how great he is. I call into the camera how excited I am for him. Like, you know, I think people should be calling in and giving you guys some praise, too. You know? Oh, you're, no, you're, believe me. We, we felt like straight-up stepchildren this week. <laughs> I mean, as the station has completely forgot about us and to turn yeah. their attention to the other shows. They don't even put well, me no in worry. the graphic. I, I, I didn't forget. I didn't forget. I was Elliot. planning on saying something until you started off with that. But, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Elliot, they put me in the, in the kids' table in the graphic and everything, man. It's been a rough I saw week that, yeah. Well, at least uh, you were on the graphic, you know. Well, you didn't, yeah. Some are saying that I oh, – There's Elliot lobbying again. I'd be better off not being on the graphic. <laughs> All right, so so it's a it's a let it all out Friday. This is kind of we're going to end the week with what's still bothering you. So at Elliot Shore Parks, we'll ask you, what is yeah. it? What's still bothering you from Sunday? Well, I mean, like I think there's there's two things. One would be from in the game. I think the further away from the game uh, we get, it's that Sirianni punted that ball away on fourth and two. I think at the, in the time, I I would have gone for it at the time, but it didn't feel as big of a mistake then. But now that we're a week away, you saw everything played out, really feels like a mistake. And then the other thing I'll say after a week is I'm tired of hearing about the grass. Like, it's, it's the, I think that you never discussed again. I thought Howie Roseman handled it perfectly yesterday when yep. he was asked about it. The Eagles lost because the Chiefs are a better team. Point blank, period. That's why they lost. It wasn't the, gla- it wasn't the grass. It wasn't the flag. They lost because they lost. And I think that this talk of the grass is like, diminishing how well the Eagles played. Like, they lost because they lost, not because the, the grass was a little wet. Okay, I, I agree with you on that. I don't agree with you that they lost to a better team. Um, so let me, let me clarify what I'm saying there. If I yeah. ask you, what do you think is more true? They lost because the Chiefs are a better team or just a better team, or they lost because they blew the game. They blew opportunities they had in the game. So I think there's a, a little bit of truth to both of those. I'll, I'll say that I think the Chiefs are a better team, and I think if those two teams played 10 games, the Chiefs would win the majority of those games. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be 8-2, to two, 
but I think it would be like six to four or something like that. I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs have a better quarterback and a better head coach, and that and really matters. And, that, and that's it. Oh, they got a better tight end. They got a better tight end. That's it. Well, but but the issue is, unfortunately, that really matters, right? Like, you know what, though, Ellie? You know what, though? Let me let me say yeah. this though. I think we underrated their offensive line. Mm-hmm. Right, their offensive line played yeah. very well against the Eagles' d- defensive front. I mean, really, if you, if you want to look at it. And, and hold on, here's the other thing. You say they got the better coach, the better quarterback, better tight end. <sighs> I'm not going to fight you on it, but here's why I'll give you pushback on it. Our quarterback, I thought, outplayed their quarterback. Other than Goddard catching a touchdown, you can almost say Goddard and Travis Kelsey played to a standstill. That was a push. In my opinion, Goddard made some mm-hmm. big catches, picked up some big first downs. I'll give Travis Kelsey scoring a touchdown. I obviously think he's the better tight end, and I, I give Mahomes being the better quarterback, but Jalen played him at worst to a standstill. Now, Andy and Nick Sirianni may be where the rubber meets the road as to why the Chiefs had the advantage. That Andy, second-half adjustments, went to the running game, stuck with it, something he's not known for. And Nick Sirianni, you evo- you've already said it. And I'm throwing another one in there, Elliot. Why didn't we go for it on fourth and six? I agree. Yep. Like, I agree with that. Like, so, so to me, it may have been that coaching edge that ultimately got the win for the Chiefs there. I, I, I can't sit here and say Pat Mahomes went and won that game and he outplayed Jalen, this, that, and the other. If Jalen had gotten the ball, I'd been just as confident that they would have gone down and scored and Jalen would have been the MVP of the game. And, and so I, I, I feel like that was a standstill. But the coaching difference, I think, has really ultimately played a bigger role in that loss. Unless we want to focus on – well, even if you go to the punt return, and you just said he should have gone for it, so it wouldn't even been a punt return there. Right. Right. Well, the quarterback thing is interesting because Jalen did make probably the biggest mistake in the game. But, but okay, yeah, now you're I right. Think, you're right, and he, he can't he overlook that. He did play that. outstanding, though. He did play outstanding, no question. Right. The the coaching thing, and when, when I thought Nick answered the question yesterday, I, I thought his answer was surprising. Right. To him say him saying he didn't even consider it, and that 32 out of 32 coaches would have punted that. Like that's. That, that's the point. Like, the, the, the thing is, you're not supposed to coach in that game like all 31 other coaches would. You're supposed to be aggressive. You're supposed to be special. Like, those are the moments where, you know, he, he goes for it on fourth down and everyone's saying, well, this is why he should have been coach of the year, right? Like, I, I think Nick, Nick has gotten to where he is as one of the best head coaches in the league as, by being himself and by doing things his way. So I thought him saying all coaches would have punted there was – was a disappointing answer just because I don't think Nick's gotten here by doing what all 31 other coaches have done. Is, is there another example of him going for it? And you may counter and say, but it's the Super Bowl. But in that scenario where he's going for it from his own 30, 32-yard line, because I, I, I actually, like, there's there's so much focus on that fourth down, and I, I brought it up to start the show. They're up three from the 15-yard line, and they go for it on a fourth and six. They don't go for it for on a fourth and six. The field goal yeah. only, only puts him up by six points. And you go for it right there, and you get a touchdown. Now you're up two scores. You're up ten points. And the fact that the Chiefs just march down the field and score a touchdown to make it a three-point game, settling for a field goal after a 17-play, 60-yard drive and only going up by six, 
that's the, like you talk about what, the go, like punting from your own 32. I, I disagree. I think that you should punt right there. Not going forward on that play from the 15-yard line with Jalen Hurts, the fact that you already converted on a, a similar play, fourth and five, in the game, that's the play you want to go for it. That's the play that you're out of character not going for it. He took the points because he was afraid of not getting the first down there, and then what would happen? That puts him well, up 10 if they, if they finish the drive. It only puts him up six with the field goal. So of the two, I would have gone for the fourth and three more than the fourth and six. I, I, look, I would have gone for both. But the fourth and six, at least I can look at six yards, right, not three. But also, if you end a 17-play drive with no points, I mean, that's, that's pretty devastating, right? So I can see that one a little bit more. But ultimately, the fourth and two, um, fourth and three, my issue with that is, is the whole point of going for it on fourth down throughout the year is that, and he said it, it's that he has confidence in his guys, right? He, he wants the ball in Jalen's hands a big moment. That was a massive moment, and you not only took it out of the offensive hands, you put it into the hands of the special teams that have been the worst unit on the team all year, and then obviously then we know how the defense played. So, look, as much attention as there's been on the defense, and rightfully so, the defense was really bad in the second half. I think the offense was almost as equally disappointing just because they, they only had three possessions, but they only get one touchdown out of it. The one touchdown they have, really it's that one big play. Like outside of the one big play to Devontae, which was a breakdown by the Chiefs, they didn't look good at all in the second half. So both units, uh, you know, really came up small in that second half. Uh, there's talk about outlaw, outlawing the tush push to make it illegal. <laughs> do you believe that's a, a, a – you think that's a wise move and something the NFL should do? No. I, I, like, look, Jalen, Jalen is obviously great at it. But if you're just pushing the guy, it's not like all teams can't do that. right? I, I don't get why, all, why, why they went out. Why. It's a smart play. It's a good play. It keeps the offense on the field for what it's worth, right? Like for a league that loves offenses, the yeah. fact that they've a play that on fourth and one is easily converted keeps the offense. Like, so I would think they would encourage that. It's just silly, in my opinion, to take it away. Um, Jason Kelsey, you're feeling whether he's retiring or not. And I ask you that because I saw Cam Jurgens spoke about it, and he said that you know, if, if I'm playing center or I'm playing next to him at guard. So two-part question. You're feeling Jason Kelsey retiring, and what's the timetable on that? Isaac Sayamalu is a free agent. He's probably going to make some money. Do you think Cam Jurgens can be that guard instead of Sayamalu if Kelsey comes back? Yeah, he better be able to. I mean, you can't have that second-round pick sitting on the bench all, all again next year, right? So ultimately, Jurgens has to play next year. In, term, in terms of Kelsey, he's done an excellent job keeping this close to the vest. Like, I, I, can't, I can't get a read on it. Even just, you know, talking to people, being around him, like, I'm truly 50-50 on it. I, I guess I would maybe lean – I mean, I would maybe lean towards him coming back, actually, like, you know, 51-49, but I, he's playing at a high level. He's healthy. It seems like he's still having a ton of fun. So it would be somewhat, actually, I guess, maybe surprising if he actually uh, retired. But – you talked about it so much, certainly a possibility. Um, but, yeah, but I'm like 51-49. I, I really can't get a read on it. See, see, here's the thing that I scratch my head about. Is he playing one more year, and what's the difference? Is the team right. going to be Super Bowl favorites next year? So it's not like there's this guarantee that he's going to walk off into the sunset a Super Bowl champion at the end of next year. Um, secondly, is it, is it just for one year? If you really love playing and you're playing at the top of your game, don't you want a multi-year deal? Yeah. And like, 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 is, 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 is it going to be every year I'm, I'm, I'm possibly retiring? I may retire. I may not retire. Right. I mean, if, it's, if he's having so much fun, and I'm not begrudging him. I'm just saying if you're having fun playing, 
then like Brandon Graham's not talking. Well, yeah, you just you just sign a multi-year deal. You don't sign another one-year deal and then say I'll see what I'm doing after next year. I mean, I think it puts the Eagles in a difficult position. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. And look, I think we would all agree. Like Jason, uh, Brandon Graham, like they have earned the right to handle this how they want to handle it. But Mm -hmm. but at the same time, to your point, like the Eagles have to build a roster. The Eagles have to you know manage their salary cap. So like if Jason Kelsey is going to come back. And, you know, it would be better for the team to give him a multi-year deal yes. because you can stretch that cap hit more. You're not, you're not giving yep. him $14 million in one year. So, you know, and then is he going to take a pay cut? Like, he, he played well enough not to take a pay cut. But at the same time, are we going to give him $14 million again? So, it is the drafting of Jerkins, I think, might be the biggest indication that he, like, they, they believe he's going to retire. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, while they're in a wait-and-hold pattern, like, there are implications to, w- to him waiting around, right? Like, how many more years can they do this of spending the offseason wondering if arguably their most important offensive player besides Jalen is going to be back? Like, that has to be tough from a team-building perspective. All right. Well, there you go. Now, Balt, we talked to Baldy on Wednesday. He's in Belize right now. He said, in 48 hours, I'll be in Belize. <laughs> are, are you going to be in San Antonio or somewhere in two days? Where, where, you where are you going? Well, I'll be in two weeks. I'll be in Indy. So that, that's something to look forward to, I guess. But, uh, no, I have, a, I, have a, I have a wedding tonight. So it'll be, it'll be fun to, uh, you know, probably hear everybody complain about the grass at the Super Bowl for five hours. So uh. <laughs> Do you wear the same suit to the wedding like Jack wears? The, he only has one suit and he wears yeah. it. No, you know, no, Elliot. Elliot's yeah, not I'm, wearing the same suit. No way. Nah, nah. I'm doing a tuxedo tonight. Got, got ah, the, yeah, so. Going tuxedo. Be good. Right. Yeah, yeah. I got the bow tie, the suspenders. So are, be, you, uh, are you? Are you? <laughs> are you in the wedding or are you, are you just being wedding? fancy? Yeah. No, I'm not in the wedding. No, no. Oh. <laughs> you're trying to take away from the wedding. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. You do realize you're not so supposed selfish. to be the star attraction. Well, I'm the star attraction everywhere I go, man. But no, I mean, look, it, it, it's a black tie wedding. So I think a lot of people. Ah, okay. Black tie optional or black tie wedding? I, I mean, it says on the website that the, the guys who are tuxedos and the girls can wear counts. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, when it, says, when it says black tie optional, my option is not to wear a tuxedo. Well, whose friend is getting married? Yours, yours or Chris's, or is it both of yours? It's, it's, my, it's my friend, yeah. Ah, okay. He's at this point, I mean, just shout out to Channing and Heather at this point. We were basically talking. <laughs> shout out. Shout yeah. out. I'm not one to talk about weddings on the air, as you know. But, yeah. yeah. Dude, you had the greatest wedding of 2022. Oh, Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was certainly what the most publicized. Yeah. What a time. All right, well, have, okay. have fun, man. Stay out of trouble. All right, All right brother. Sounds good. Yeah. Yep, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, there he is. <laughs> Elliot Shore Parks. So I, I, do, I do want to bring this up real fast. I don't want to get too much in the weeds with Cam Jurgens, mm-hmm. But, like, I... You're going from Isaac Sayamala, who's what, 340? <laughs> like a big dude next oh, yeah. to a smaller center in Jason Kelsey. And you're going to put Can Jurgens. Can I remind you of this video from training camp? Yeah, with, oh, God. Jordan Davis looked like me trying to block Jordan Davis out there. I do remember that video. All right. So I'm I'm not, yeah, and I wish you hadn't reminded me of so it. I'm not trying to say that he couldn't put on weight and that he couldn't be better. But, man, you can't have two small guys next to each other in the interior of that line. That's a problem. You want to get pushed around in, in the middle? I mean, especially if you're going to rely on the run so much in this offense. And you're your quarterback Cam, running. Dude, I'm telling you, it's a bad <laughs> idea. And I know that I know Sayamalu, if I'm the GM of this team, I'm probably letting them walk because I need to find a cheaper alternative. Yeah. I need to use a, a mid-round draft pick and get a starter yep. at some point. Yep. And you don't want to leave Jurgens on the bench because he's a second-round player and he's going to, half of his deal he's not going to play. But, man, you can put a 290-pound 90 90 guy in there at guard. And there's no way Jason's 290 pounds. 
No, dude, you have <laughs> – There's no way he's 290 pounds. You have, you have two smaller offensive linemen. You have your two smallest offensive linemen on the team. In your interior. In your interior. It's not the old days where the 200, you have a 260-pound guard and your tackles are big. Right. No, the Eagles no, like right. big guards in there. Yeah, you're right. It's, That's trouble. I, and it's a tough spot for the Eagles to be in. I mean, it's a tough spot, but I guess it's a good spot because Jason's still a very good player. But I, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, you just can't keep doing one-year deals. Just, if he's going to play, just play and give him a multi-year Make deal. Make a commitment or just we, – we can't do this every offseason. Yeah. It's like, well, I'll do one more and we'll see after this year. Right. I, I'm they, sure it, has to be, it makes it difficult on the Eagles. Here's what I think they do. I think they draft an offensive lineman with their first pick, and it's probably oh, – a, 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 With a 10th pick? Yep, yep. And he and – he, <laughs> he, a tackle who has the ability to play guard. Why are you ruining draft talk? Or, or they're they drafting could, a wide receiver or, or the a corner. Or the 30th pick. So one of their two first-round draft picks, they go defense maybe with the first pick or the second pick. But they're going to draft a lineman that's going to swing inside and play guard his first year or two. And then if, if Lane's done or whatever, then he goes outside and he plays right tackle. That's the Eagles' M.O. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to put Cam Jurgens at guard. That's insane. <laughs> put a 260-pound guard with a 260-pound center. Awesome. That's a great idea. No way they do that. No way. All right, 215-592-9494. We're live at Chiggs and Pete's in South Philly. Best in-game experience hmm. for basketball, hockey, and more at Chiggs and Pete's. Chiggsandpete's.com. Robin Overbrook. Rob? It is a let it all out Friday. Get it off your chest, brother. How are you? Hey, what's up, man? I can need some juice, baby. Hook him up, Jack. He must have been Friday. drinking that Ike juice. You know, here's the thing. Before I get to the Super Bowl, I want to ask Ike real quick. You know, the Eagles have a much difficult schedule. Will that help them be better prepared to play top-ranked uh, quarterbacks? Um, well, I tell you what, they're going to get their shot at it to prove that, that it, it can be beneficiary to them. I would think so. At some point, you're going to have to play against these caliber of guys and have success, right? Like, at some point, they, they, they have to be able to adjust. And whoever the new coordinator is, hopefully he has a different mentality when it comes to playing these guys versus – you know, just keep everything in front of us and let them have a 75% completion percentage. Yeah, like, yeah, like, that, like, that, that, yeah, like that's not going to work. Yeah. I want to ask you real quick, Johnny Marks. Um, yes. You know what? I, I'm 68 years old. I don't want to give my, I don't want to give my age out, but, but you, I've seen that the Eagles are three, one in three in Super Bowls. Yep. And I've seen them piss away. You know what, why it hurts Philadelphia fans so much? Because the Eagles pissed this Super Bowl away. And I've seen it happen before. Vermeil choking in that Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, the defense played well in your Super Bowl, uh, Ike, but Andy Reid and Donovan choked. And now mm-hmm. Sirianni and Gannon choked. And it, it, that really hurts. It's not that you were beaten by a better team. It's that you were outcoached, you know. And that's what really, really hurts. You know, that's what really makes it so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we're one in three in Super Bowls. And, and you know, Vermeil, that was the biggest choke job I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. I know he's beloved, you know, because he makes wine and all that stuff. But they, they choked that one away. And then Andy choked. I mean, he just choked this thing away because the Patriots were very beatable like that day. Yep. They were. I you agree. Know? I agree. And if you, get, if you lose by three points to a team that, 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 that's, that's not that much better than you, the coaching makes that much of an edge, Ike, or a Johnny Marks? I don't know. 
Well, I, and for me, I've always said I Thanks, thought sir. I thought in 05 we lost the Super Bowl in the first half because I thought we outplayed New yeah. England in the first half, and it was still a tie ball game. You didn't take advantage of yeah, we didn't yeah, yeah. We didn't take advantage of of the good plays. So I thought we we missed an opportunity to at least put pressure on the Patriots by being up. I don't know, seven points, ten points. Um, you take away, you know, the Rodney Harrison interception. That was down in the red uh, zone. Yep, when they throw yep. to B. West, that was there. Um, so we were driving to score there. Yep. I think LJ's fumble cost a stall to drive that we were moving down the field on where it allowed them to punch the ball out. So that stuff happened in the first half, man. I, yep. thought, I thought we played a poor first half in that Super Bowl. Yeah, it was there. I mean, there, there was like – And the Patriots didn't score until right before – Halftime. Yeah, they might have been favored in the game, but there's as far as talent on both sides of the field, man. You, you oh, guys, we played were, them. You oh, guys yeah. were talented. Yeah, we played them. We played them. I mean, T.O. was a big boost. Yep. Yep. He, he was a huge boost for us. You just can't turn the ball over. No. I mean, that's really what happened. You can't turn the ball over like that. And they did it last Sunday. Yeah. 215-592-9494. It's Mark's. And Reese, 215-592-9494. Twitter questions brought to you by Mark's Jewelers. If you're getting engaged, the place to go is Mark's Jewelers. They have a diamond engagement ring to fit every budget. Their website is marks-jewelers.com. Uh, Jack's Twitter question today uh, that he asked, which is what's, what still is, like, sticking in your craw uh, from Sunday, what's bothering you the most, the defense is uh, far way ahead, Jack. Sixty percent. It's that, but it's not really the defense. It's just the defensive coordinator, because no one actually wants to talk about the players on defense. Right. It's just Jonathan Gannon. So everybody that continues to DM me yelling and screaming about Jonathan Gannon, talk about the players too. But <laughs> talk about the players too that didn't that didn't do anything. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Speaking of the defense, the Eagles have put in a request to interview who for their defensive coordinator position. We got that info coming up next. More of your phone calls as well. Marks and Reese on 94 WIP. Don't call it a comeback. All right, we're back. Marks the race. I don't know nothing about that. Remember the video? Of course. Back in the video day. I'm going to tell you one of the more overlooked, sometimes disrespected, rappers of all time. Competition paying the price. Oh, no, for sure. There was a there was a five-year period where he was. Uh, well, he never gets in the GOAT conversation. No, he's never talked about is that because he's, he became more of an Commercial, actor? Commercial, yeah. And he had the pant leg up and the... Yeah, well, he became more of an actor. He did. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and the licking of the lips, we don't really roll with. <laughs> but but that's what he did. No, but that era right there, round the way girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cool J's top ten. Yeah, He's oh, in my man. top ten. Yeah, L. Cool J's in my top ten. Oh, man. And he was a lyricist back then. Yeah, that so was... He, he could put bars together... So I was, I was in ninth grade when that L- came L- out. LL Cool J, man. Yes, and, sir. And I was Public Enemy and LL Cool J were one and two mm-hmm. for me. And Public Enemy was yeah. one. You almost got to do a different era We start doing lists. It's like the center thing in, right. in, in basketball. You, you can't include <laughs> right. the center yes. in the top five. Yes. It's too hard. Yeah, no, no you, you really do have to do almost. You need an old school. Certainly pre-2000, but I feel like it, it, it's almost like pre-95 or 
I like the pre-2000. Yeah, pre-2000. I like that. Up, up to 2000, you do a list there, and then you do a 2000 after list. That was Nas pre-2000? Yes. Nas is pre-2000. Jay-Z is? After 2000. He's after 2000. Okay. Yeah, after they took out Pac and Biggie, Jay-Z took over. All right. Yeah, that's Illuminati. That's what they do to you. He's next in line. <laughs> well, I swear, if I come up missing one day, y'all know who got me, man. Yep. And I will not talk about it again. Mike Reese, an Iron Man. If I get questioned by police, I'll be like, I don't know nothing. Right, yeah, don't say a word, Is there man. anybody that, nope. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's no real. I better quit playing with them, man. You bet, yeah. Well, at least on the air. Well, they just let Rihanna back out. They did, man. They did. And she came with the straight devil outfits. Okay, let's not, let's move on. She did. It symbols. Yep. Ooh, Ooh boy. <laughs> Ooh, s***. <laughs> Meanwhile, Eagle, uh, the Eagles. Yeah, let's like, go back to the. Let's get back, back to, to the, the Eagles, Eagles here. Actually, Meanwhile, uh, so what's his name? I had it written down here somewhere because I hadn't heard of him until I read about him recently. Sean Desai. Yes, him. Yeah, yeah I've here never, it is. Never heard of him. Sean Desai, who was the Bears coordinator in 2021, he was with the Seahawks this past year as like a, you know, like a senior assistant or something. Okay. Or oh, an older guy. No, maybe he uh, wasn't a senior assistant. Okay. But, um. But so right now it seems like they're going to interview Vance Joseph this weekend. That's being reported. Mm-hmm. They're going to interview Sean Desai and Denard Wilson's an in-house candidate. I mm-hmm. haven't seen many other names linked to him as far as the defensive coordinator. But here's what everybody wants to know. What's the blitz rate of Sean Desai when he was with the Bears? <laughs> Jack, I have the answer. What was it? In, 20, in 2021, he blitzed 22.6% of the time with the Bears. That good or bad? It's pretty much what the Eagles did this season. Oh, okay. Which wasn't enough for anybody. Right. Oh, so you're saying he's not a guy everybody should be getting all excited about. No, he. at least with the Bears, they blitz the same amount that the Eagles blitz right. this year. Vance gotcha. Joseph is a blitzer. Okay. I had that written down the other day, but he blitzed. That's it. who Taz wants. Well, I think that was... I think they were second most blitz happy in the league, Jack, or something like that behind the Yes, the second the highest blitz, blitz rate in the league. Yep. Right, exactly. So if you like blitzers, then Vance Joseph is your guy, and everybody wants the blitzer. Well, or would they t- have Vance Joseph come in and basically – And not blitz. Well, certainly not at the rate that he did with the Cardinals. Probably. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, he, I, I would need to know how many big plays did the Cardinals give up this year. I don't How know. successful was their blitzing rate? Right, like I, I mean, like I, I watched some Cardinal games and never came away with being like, man, that's a good defense. <laughs> right, maybe they were a good defense. I don't even know, but right. I, I, I mean, Vance Joseph has experience. It, it's a, certainly I, a name. We know who it is. I, I don't mind them trying to bring in an experienced guy, uh, but my expectations aren't that it's going to be the Buddy Ryan forty-six defense and look out below. We're, we're sending everybody. No, uh, no, that is not what I'm, I'm thinking they're going to do. But so that right now they're the three candidates. I guess like Nick Sirianni yesterday talked about how they are going to interview candidates and they're going to continue to interview candidates and then they're going to decide who they're going from there. So they're taking the time. Well, the good part for you, John, is that, you know, after last week, you talked to Kurt Warner about your love for Temple football. Um, He's a Temple grad, Sean Desai. I mean, listen, that's one reason to love him. Exactly. He's a Philly guy. So he gets us. I, I forgot about that. I, I, I remember the days that he played. Great days, too, man. He was a great player. <laughs> what position did he play, Jack? Do, do we know? No idea. Yeah, see, it's also part of the, the problem is that 
It's the it's the cherry in the white, and it's Hooter the Owl. You gotta get you gotta do better than Hooter. No offense to Temple. Te- by the way, Temple basketball. Uh, congrats this year, Aaron McKee's done a great job. Let's go blue. Certainly better than Villanova. Sorry, Kenny from the Dirty Third. Oh man, you think you ever say that? No. Well, after Jay left, yeah. Um. Just real quick with Vance Joseph and his 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 blitzing. You said he blitzed the second most. Yeah. Who who blitzed the most? Wink Martindale. Oh, with the uh, with the uh, the Giants. It's like forty four percent. Yeah. Well, not to say it was Vance Joseph's fault. They had the second worst scoring defense in the league last year. <laughs> Gave up twenty six points a game. So to your point, Jim Johnson, when he didn't have good personnel. If you look at his stats when he was defensive coordinator, like, you know, the defense wasn't a great defense. You no. bring him in and you give him the pieces to work with, he knows what to do. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're not bringing in a guy that had a great defense last year in Vance Joseph. Yeah, and the one reason I've always heard, I've heard Andy talk about what attracted him to Jim Johnson, he had faced him when they were in Green Bay, and he liked what Jim Johnson was doing on defense with some of his aggressive style. So that's why he wanted that style of defense or that type of coordinator. I, I, again, I'm not telling you that with Vance Joseph. I'm just saying he's a guy that you, you talked about the blitz rate, second most in the league. I'm just telling you, I'm looking at defensive stats. How'd that work? Out? Uh, the second gave up the second most points in the league last year. The Bears gave up the the most points uh, at 27.2. <laughs> Is that the other guy was with the Bears? Well, that was 2021. Oh, okay. They, when just... they brought in a new head coach, they got rid of yeah, him. when they only... brought in Everflus. But he was only there a year, so okay. he was there for 2021. Yeah, and uh, the, I think the Cardinals were 22nd in yards given up per game last year. Awesome. So, just something to think about. Seems like a perfect candidate for, uh, for us. Or they may like some things that Vance Joseph does, and then sure. they, they tell him, dude, we can't be the second highest blitzing team in the league. We're going to need you to dial that back some. Sure. Well, I mean, you bring him in for <laughs> – Yeah, we're going to need you to dial that back a little bit. You bring him in. I'm sure he is, he is recommended by people that they mm-hmm. trust or whatever. You bring him in, and now it's about the interview. Yeah. Because he's going to pitch to you why he should be the guy. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I, I doubt it's going to be I'm going to blitz yeah. 40% of the time, and that's how we're going to get to him. They want to hear what's your plan when you come in here. What do you think of our players? How would you use them? Well, here's the other thing. Nick made sure he pointed out that whomever they hired – there's still a certain style of defense that he wants to see played he said it because it, 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 it fits into what the offense is doing and what the entire team is doing. So when you are a team that does a lot of blitzing and giving up big plays, you put stress on your offense to have to go out there and score points. Like that's what you do. When you're a gambling defense, you put a lot of stress on your offense to have to make up when you give up plays like that. So, again, bringing in Vance Joseph and then – you know, saying, okay, well, how, how do we do – how do we fit what you like to do into what our philosophy is here? Right. And we, there has to be a meeting in the, in the middle somewhere. Yep. So, so you may get a little bit of an uptick versus what Jonathan Gannon did, but it may not be as much as he's done in years past somewhere else. Right. I could see that. It may feel more aggressive and people may at be At times, happier. yeah, at times, yeah. But I, I just don't think you're going to see a, a glaring difference in where everybody's going to be like, yeah, this is the type of defense I wanted to see. I, I just don't believe you're going to get that. I mean, if I'm being honest, I didn't really like Jonathan Gannon's defense. It's not, <laughs> it's not that I love the defense or whatever. It was effective this year when they played bad quarterbacks. 
Yeah. They played a good one. It wasn't as effective. <laughs> it wasn't as effective. Go figure. All right, a couple phone calls here. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Lou in Seaville. Lou, how are you? How you doing, guys? Hi, What's Lou? up, Lou? I'm sad and depressed. Can't get over this. Wife and I are fighting. She's saying I'm more upset than when my mom died, but I have my Uncle Lou to get over that. I don't think, huh? I don't think the uh, owners and the coaches realize what the fans go through. I mean, when I was seven years old, the Flyers, they won the first Stanley Cup. Then they won it again the next year. And that got me into watching and playing sports. And the Eagles were pathetic, man. Then Dick Vermeil comes to town, and he gets us to the Super Bowl, and he got out coach. And then we couldn't get back to the Super Bowl until Andy Reid in 04 and 05. And then he got out coached and outplayed mm-hmm. and sucked in time management. Thank God for Nick Foles and Doug Peterson. And what happens on Sunday? Andy Reid, he learned how to do time management and out-coach us. <laughs> how about it's that? Brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. And, and the defense, man, I, I don't blame them. I feel sorry for all the players. I really do because this team's never going to be together again. And no disrespect to past Eagles teams because we had some good ones, but this was the most well-rounded team in Eagles history, and we choked because of the coaches, man. And I blame Nick Sirianni too, man. He, he's a play. Why didn't anybody call a timeout and say, we're having a problem stopping the damn Chiefs' offensive line, killing them on defense? I don't I mean, are they canonizing the offensive line for the Chiefs? I mean, they, could, they, they shut down the Eagles, who had 70 sacks in the regular season. They were like the 85 Chicago Bears. What the hell happened to our team? And, I, and you know what's worse about it, too? Because where I, I work in the tri-state area, I deal with all the New York Giant fans, the Washington Redskins fans, mm. and Philadelphia's in the middle of it, man. And you take all the abuse, and all you hear is Chokadelphia, Chokadelphia. I'm tired of it, man. And what bothers me the most, the players and the coaches, they come and go, man. And us fans have to endure it. It's the agony of defeat. We all know that well. And that mm. one caller was right who said it, it, it's not so much – pinpointing any one thing. It's the history of, of losing in Philadelphia. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. man. All right, I'm Lou. Off. I'm pissed off, man. Feel better. I feel you, Lou, man. All right, Lou. I, I feel you. I do, man. Because here's what I'm looking at. Here, here's what I'm looking at. First of all, it would have been great to get our Super Bowl championship, our second Super Bowl championship. Put us in that class with those other organizations that have done it multiple times. You know, Jeffrey Lurie, and his organization for two-plus decades have really been a model of consistency for the most part. I think they showed where since 2000 they have the second-most or third-most wins, second, I think second-most playoff wins than any other team. And thankfully we do have the one trophy that we do have, but it feels like we should have more. Yep. Yeah, agreed. It feels like we should have more. And that's where this, this, this team rightfully deserves to be and I'm not saying we're never getting back to the Super Bowl because I believe we will, but I don't know if we're going to have this set up again. I don't know if we're going to have this type of, you know, Jalen being at the age where he's at, you know, having, having the receivers that we have, the tight end, the, 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 the running back stable we just had, this, the defense being as good as it was this year. Are we really going to be this good again? You can make the argument, and I'm sure we will at some point this offseason, and I like to see where we fit at in the category because the 0-4 team fits in this category. 
But when you're talking about great teams that didn't win a championship, this could be, I, I would think it would rival the 2011 Phillies team. Because at least this team made it to the Super Bowl. That Phillies team didn't even get out of the first round. Right. It doesn't matter if you don't win the trophy. My point is, when you talk about a team stacked with talent, this may be the most talented team to not win a championship. And I could be wrong. You've been here longer than me. You were born here, raised here, so there are way more teams you could think of. Some of those Sixers teams that Doc was on, maybe. I would say the 2011 Phillies. And the 2011 this Phillies, team. yeah. This team. I, like I said, I know my 04 team is there. We we o, we lost the two. 04 teams there. Um, yeah, because like the 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 Eagles teams of the late 80s, early 90s were flawed. They didn't have a great offensive line. Right. They had they had a they great had great defense. defenses. Yeah, and they had great like Randall was a great player, but they didn't have an offensive line. Win the Super Bowl back then. But this team, this team was built to win, and they had everybody healthy. Yep. Now That's they, the other they, thing. Everyone was healthy. Jalen Hurts outplayed Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he just did. He had a better. He had a better day. They didn't make mistakes. That's the difference. They didn't make mistakes. Better team won. I, I still believe the Eagles were the better team. And sometimes a better team doesn't win the game. Yep. That's for sure. And I don't agree with Elliot. He, they, the, the amount of tension that's being that's being brought to not going for it on fourth down in their own territory at the thirty-two, like, all right. I mean, I guess like knowing the end result, sure you go for it right there, but not going for it at the fifteen-yard line on fourth down right now really is you. You led the show with it. Yep. Man, it's a huge swing in the game. You get a touchdown there. It's a different game. The field goal didn't do anything. All right, Chris Penzalkin's there. Chris, how are you, buddy? What's up? I'm disgusted, man. I mean, like, you couldn't say it more. I'm not even pissed. 04 used to kill me. You, used to just, you, got, you guys just killed me, like. I, <laughs> I, hear I mean, you. I mean, literally just like, like my, somebody knocked on my door and they said my dog passed away. That's how bad I felt. Then I saw this stuff. You're, 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 you're in the safe zone with me now, man. This, this is the most disgusting loss of the history of 55 that I've ever witnessed in Philadelphia. That was sickening, man. You didn't even go out. You didn't even go out like Philly style, John. Went out passive aggressive. Like, what kind of crap is that? Yeah. And then people are saying that the clean game. That wasn't a clean game. That was a clean game, maybe for a high school team. People <laughs> wide open, penalties, uh, fumbles that nobody even touched. Jalen had a great game. And today, it's a brain fart, man. Drop the ball. Can't have it in the Super Bowl, man. Yep. You got a coach that's going for going for fourth down all the time since he's been here. You're at the 15 yard line, dude, and you leave your onions back in Philadelphia and, and you kick a field goal. Come on, man, and, and and then that dude goes to the Cardinals. Hey, I, I would I don't wish anybody bad, bad luck. Everybody, I want everybody to be healthy and happy and prosperous, and they're all getting a bag of money. That dude's going to fail out in, in the Cardinals. The only thing I got to say to him, I'll never be mad about the blitz, and I get it. But dude, don't you dare go out there on airways and go, "Oh, welcome to the Bird Gang." That's us. I ain't the Cardinals. <laughs> exactly, you goofball. Man. I wanted to reach through Twitter and choke him out, man. <laughs> you a clown? What, what, what kind of bull crap was that? The bird gang? I'll give you the bird gang. I'll go boot your ass. You're out of your Jack, mind. We need, that Jack, ticked we, me off, Chris. That, yeah. that that ruffled my feathers right yeah, there. Yeah, we yeah. we need that on the board, getting, Jack. We need to be yeah, able to put then, that on command. Yeah, then, then we're getting beat up. Then I see on my on my phone today, CJ Gardner Johnson gets fined 14, 14 grand, and the dude that, that helmet to helmet almost knocked Devontae, Devontae into Camden. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then I hear you guys the other day saying, Oh, they're probably going to let him go. Let me tell you, Jeff, I love you. I love you like a brother. 
You let that cat, that 25-year-old cat, out the door, he's the closest thing since Ike days on defensive players. He has the attitude, he has the Philly attitude, and he brings the smoke. You pay him his $13 million, you try yeah. to get Hargrave, and everybody else will say, if I ain't waving high, I'm saying goodbye. P- appreciate you. Have a blessed day. But those two guys are keepers. And Johnny, on the way out, do you know what 27 and 6 is? Huh? <laughs> do you know what 27 and 6 is? Are you talking about math adding? <laughs> no, 27 and 6 is, 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 is the six of the last three. Talk to him! Let, oh. Talk right? to him! There you go, JoJo, baby. There you go. And now they're going to break our heart, too. So it's going to be yep. four losers. Yep. So I'm going to go drink water yeah. and smoke weed. You better sign that, dude. And Johnny Gannon, if you ever see Bird Gang again, I'm going to put my boot up your friggin' ass. What's up, Bird Gang? <laughs> that, that is outrageous. That is outrageous. What's up, call. Bird Gang? Yeah, I, that, that, <laughs> that is outrageous, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Gannon. Hugh! What's up, Bird Gang? <laughs> Hugh is in the Bird Gang. Oh, you got baby Hugh winning too? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Them Douglas boys. Them Douglas boys in the house. Yes. They in the house. Hey, they, yeah, no, they, no, and all, a little devil. In all serious, I love Chris, man. <laughs> going to go smoke weed and drink lagers. He's taking a massive step forward on the caller power rankings. I mean, he listen, has. we haven't heard from Chris all week. He had to wait till Friday. That's I know, yeah. I know. He had to get that together. Yeah, that was a good call right there. That was good. Good job. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, I saw Scott Rowland picked uh, his cap for the Hall of Fame. Huh? <laughs> cap and gal? Yeah, well, it's, it's certainly well, I not, know it's not a day. I, bird gang. I, I, I know it's not a Phillies cap. I know that much. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's baseball heaven. St. Louis. He says, I believe this decision accurately represents a pivotal portion of my career based on our team's successes in St. Louis. I'm grateful to Philadelphia, St. Louis, Toronto, and Cincinnati for the opportunities given to me as a player, but more importantly, for how they embraced me and my family. What's up, Bird Gang? <laughs> so it doesn't have to do with the playing careers of, that you had in St. Louis. It has, it's more important how they embraced you and your family. So, in other words, the Phillies didn't embrace you and your family. Are we still doing a Scott Rowland day? I it, I just saw it on. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yep. <laughs> are we still doing a Scott Rowland day? Yep. Oh, my God. And you know what? I was going to take off. Oh, we misread this. I was going to take off leading up to the weekend. Now I'm not taking off. I'm going to go I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 48 hours straight on the air screaming and yelling about Scott Rowland, how much I hate him. Oh, you man. got him in the Hall of Fame, Jack, so, so yeah, take, you so take your bow. You, yeah. you and your cronies that made up <laughs> categories to get him in. You had to come up with 11 categories that Scott Rowland's top seven all time in so he could get in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. There you go. Standing ovation. You got him a Phillies day and everything so we could celebrate him. Celebrate how he hated being here. Awesome. Great, great idea, Phillies. Celebrate him. Celebrate all the stuff he does well. <laughs> I can't believe they're giving to a Scott Rowland Scott Day. Scott Rowland Day. He just said, he literally just ripped the franchise in, in saying what cap he's going to wear. Did he really have to say, more importantly, for how they embraced me and my family? In other words. That was a shot at us. He's a shot at Philadelphia. It's a Toronto and Cincinnati. He didn't care. He was there, those those guys for a couple years. Yeah. Well, Cincinnati didn't embrace him. They, they, even, they barely knew we had a baseball team down there. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's go to... Um, Oh, is Steve in Westchester there, Jack? Mm-hmm. I got to talk to Steve because Steve's a part of the contingent that Jonathan Gannon tanked, and we do have the, the drop we can play for him. 
Steve, how are you, buddy? Hey, guys, how you doing? Sorry, I just had to take you off speaker. I, oh. um, I don't think Jonathan Gannon tanks. Here's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think everything that Jonathan Gannon had involved with, you know, getting an interview to be a head coach kept him busy. Got to decide to move into a new city. He's got a family. He's got three kids. Kids got to get enrolled in school. They got to buy a house. They got to figure out the location. His wife used to be a newscaster, so she's probably high maintenance. So um, how are you going to give 100% when you got a – you may think you're giving 100%, but when you got a lot of other stuff to deal with, like, you know, a lot of important things to deal with, with family and your children's education, you know? You know what you could – you know what you could – on your mind. And that's – I think that it took part – Away from his focus. So, so Steve, you know, listen. Like, I, I'm like, because you're like being halfway thoughtful about it. Like, like, here's what the NFL can do. And even though teams would likely still go behind the NFL's back and do it, just don't allow coaches to be hired to go after the Super Bowl because these guys shouldn't be penalized because they're having success and they're in the Super Bowl, right? So, he, I mean, as far as I know, maybe he did have the job, but like, why couldn't he just? wait until after the Super Bowl to make all those arrangements. Mm-hmm. Why does he have to use precious time that took away from him being a defensive coordinator to do all this stuff? Is it in his mind at some point? I mean, yeah, maybe during the week. Is it in his mind on game day when he's out there? Like, I just think that's being unfair. You don't know that. You Why would it be it unfair? No, but Steve, what, like, if it was you and you were in that situation, do you think that you would have been giving less than 100% in that game? I would have thought I would be given 100%, but if, you know, if you got too much on your plate, you got too much on your plate. That's what I'm saying. He got too much on his plate, and I totally agree. The NFL should change the guidelines that they should they not should. be able to talk until the Super Bowl is over. If they got to get pushed back to start of the new NFL season for a week, then do that and give everybody plenty of time to uh, get the interviewing process done after the season's over. No, I mean like I, I agree with that point. I don't I don't know how I don't know how you would measure whether or not he was distracted or if he wasn't like wasn't but, I mean, thinking about uh, he it. He said in his press conference yesterday that Howie came to him in his hotel like after the game and said you're interviewing tomorrow. Right. Which I mean I, I I, get, I mean, how I much guess can you believe true. that? But I, mean, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I don't know how exactly it went down. But I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say that Jonathan Gannon was affected and the Eagles' defense was affected and they lost the game because Jonathan Gannon was preoccupied with possibly getting a head coaching job. I, I'm just not going to do that. That's silly. It's or, silly. or I mean, you, I mean, wouldn't you have to also think the same thing for Shane Steichen? And and by the way, he was he emerged. He emerged as the candidate before Jonathan Gannon did. Right. Super Bowl Sunday morning, both coaches came out and said, like, Steichen was pretty much getting the job, and Gannon was now yep. the front runner and was going to interview after the game. Yep. So I don't know if I, I, I believe that he had no idea what was going on and he was having the interview the following day or whatever. I mean, I assume he knew what was going on. He just didn't know the details of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, it is what it is. I mean, these guys are trying to win a Super Bowl. They're putting in – a lot of hours and 100 percent of time trying to get it done. I'm not. Gonna yeah, blame I don't. Him. I, yeah, my only thing is I don't think he called any different type of game. He called the same game. He's, the same he, thing he, he would have yeah, done. Yeah, he's if, done the same thing he did all year long. If there's nobody interested in him, I think he would have had the same result. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's a let it all out Friday. Let Jaws, it out. Let Jaws it out. Jaws is going to let it out. Coming up next.
How does he feel a week removed, almost a week removed from the Super Bowl? Did they blow it? Did they lose to a better team? All of that with Ron Jaworski coming up next. We're live at Chiggies and Pete's in South Philly. Best in-game experience for all your sports, basketball, hockey, and more. Chiggies and Pete's back after this with Jaws.